2: L.A.S. Studios.
3: Thank you all for coming. Just a quick show of hands. Whose first time is this speed dating? That was a lot of hands, so that should make you feel pretty good that we all feel slightly awkward. The good thing about your all being here is you all have the same intention, which is meeting somebody. By simply showing up, it's way better and a lot more harder than just swiping right or swiping left
2: or whatever. From LA Studios, this is How to LA, the podcast that helps you connect with the city and its people. I'm Brian De Los Santos. Today, we're picking up with our series Exploring Loneliness and really how not to be lonely in LA. Brought to us by producer Megan Botel. If you missed last week's episode, we heard from Angelinos about how they navigate feelings of loneliness here, but we also spend time reframing how we should all be thinking about this very human condition. Go check that out in our podcast feed. In this episode, we're talking about making connections.
3: You have 10 rounds. Each round is seven minutes long.
2: And profiling groups out there that are helping people meet.
3: Seven minutes because that is the average attention span of a human being. So that seven minutes can seem really long or really short, depending on how your date's going, but that's just the luck of the dive.
2: Here to join me to tell the story is producer Megan Botel. So, Meg, what are you bringing us today?
0: Well, actually, Brian, I'm dragging you along today. Okay. Since I'm diving deeply in the series into all things loneliness and connections, that includes romantic connection.
2: Ooh, I'm sensing a little bit of a Valentine's Day special. What are you most excited about tonight?
0: To find love. True. <laughs> I mean, My we all know the stats. Having a good partner or being in a healthy, healthy relationship, keyword, is not just important for our mental health and sense of well-being or security in life. It's also deeply beneficial for our physical health. Studies show that a healthy relationship actually increases one's lifespan and has a bunch of other benefits.
2: Okay, so we all need to find Mr. or Mrs. Right or whoever it is. <laughs>
0: Yes, and like you said, it's Valentine's Day. So, Brian, we're going speed dating. I think it's fun. Like, I've only seen these types of things uh, in movies or shows. I did this on a whim.
2: Speed dating? Okay.
0: Yes, it's gaining a ton of popularity in L.A. for a bunch of reasons. And I want to bring you along so we can see what this is all about.
3: You'll have a chat, and then I'm going to ring this.
0: cowbell.
3: high tech to signify the end of the round?
2: Hey, let's do it.
0: I'm taking you to an event put on by this group called Love in L.A. They're seemingly the largest speed dating business in the city. They've got multiple events every week in different neighborhoods, from the Arts District to WeHo to Santa Monica.
3: Right now we have an average of an 82.3% match rate, which means you have a good chance of matching with somebody.
0: And each one caters to a different demographic. So there's 22 to 31, there's 25 to 35, there's 30 to 45 and 45 plus.
3: You'll see a little green heart or a red X. You have to mark your match at the end of each
0: round to move to the next round. And there are events for both straight people and LGBTQ folks. Hey. All right, so the way this works is you sign up for the event, you buy a ticket, you make a profile on their site, and from that profile with a bunch of questions I ask you, they make your matches. The founder of Love in L.A. actually created an app that does this automatically. You show up, you are assigned certain people to spend seven minutes with. You can meet anywhere from five to ten people in a night, depending on how many people sign up and show up for that particular event.
3: And again, remember, the intention was to meet somebody. Don't feel shy. We're all in the boat together. Any questions? All right,
0: let's check it out.
2: FYI, Meg and I are not exactly single at the moment, so we went to this event as reporters. No one should be getting mad at us for this fun experiment. <laughs>
0: right. We are at the House of Coquette, <laughs> some French place in the arts district, and we're watching all the, the eligible bachelors and bachelorettes uh, filter in right now. Everyone's getting a much needed drink and then the rounds will start. Hi, are you here for speed dating? Okay, we're gonna have you scan the QR code and we'll get you all checked in. The age range is 25 through 35. Seems like most people are on the younger side of that, but you know, maybe they just look young. It's
2: that LA glow. Exactly.
3: <laughs> Hi, I'm Brandon.
0: Have you been to speed dating events before?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I've done it before.
0: What, and what has your experience been? Pleasant. Yeah. I usually don't
3: really match with anybody, but it's been a nice experience.
0: Okay. Do you prefer speed dating over like apps?
3: Yeah, I think so. Because for one, it's nice to actually like see somebody, like us talking right now. It's yeah. better than texting.
2: Yeah. What are you most excited about tonight?
0: I think meeting people. <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. I, this is the first time. Yeah, I did this on a whim. Good
2: luck, ladies. Thank Come you. on. Yeah, please
3: i'm uh, david greenberg i'm the chief operating officer for love in la it actually all started before pandemic and we started it and immediately got traction and it started with doing everything on paper then i said this is not a good use of our time filling out sheets sending emails so i built an app last year so now everything is automated which allowed us to scale immediately and so we went from doing maybe one event or two events a month very rapidly to doing now we're doing four to five events a week I think what's really driving it, the feedback that we constantly get, is that people are tired of the apps, people are tired of all the creeps and weirdos, and it's so easy and it's free to swipe. Whereas you come to these events, you're paying pretty good money for a ticket, and it's really all about intention. So the fact that you're willing to pay the money, you've already done an automatic filter out of all of those weird people that are just, you know, happily swiping or trolls to someone who really has the intent on meeting someone in real life. At the end of all these rounds, I'll complete the event and I'll hit a button, and then everybody's connected over email, like immediately.
2: Now we want to dive a little deeper into relationship dynamics and how to best find love in this city.
1: I was once a struggling dater and I was working as a casting director in television and trying to meet people the old fashioned way. This is Damona Hoffman. And my boss actually had recently gotten divorced and she was like, there's this new thing called online dating. You should try it. I literally LOL would in her face. I said, that's Mm -hmm. not for, that's not for successful women in their twenties. That's for weirdos in their mom's basement. She's an expert on finding love through technology. But when I went online, I discovered that there were so many more options that I was not aware of before. And because I had spent so much time as a casting director and helped actors to choose headshots that would really stand out and tell their story and ace auditions, I was able to apply those skills I learned as a casting director to online dating. So, a profile photo is basically a headshot, a first date's basically an audition, and I ended up meeting my husband online, and soon after, people came to me for my secret, and uh, now the secret's out. Talk about dating in L.A., because
0: the trope is dating in L.A. is horrific, and that's all you hear about. Obviously, people have positive experiences as well. People find love in this city. But can you talk about that as an expert on dating and finding
1: connections? Like, why do people think it's so horrible here? Well, first of all, I I see that L.A. is a place where a lot of people come with a dream. The dream is not I'm going to settle down and get married and make babies and and build a build a, you know a traditional life a lot of times there is something else that brings so many transplants here with a dream and that dream is always going to come ahead of your dating and relationship experience or at least to a point it will so i just want to validate that if there's a if if people feel that dating is harder in LA, that may be one reason why. But that said, I have clients in LA that have found love on and off the apps. I have found love myself. I have obviously seen so many relationships start on dating apps and start and start in Los Angeles. And what I aim to do is to let people know that these stories, that we tell ourselves, they really get in our head and they really get in our way. So whether that, that phrase that you're repeating is there are no single men my age who are available in Los Angeles, or I'm only meeting married people, or there's no one that I want to date on this app, that will become your reality, that will become what you start to see because you are training your brain to look for it.
2: We'll get more into that after the break. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Pindarvis Harshaw, host of the Right Nowish podcast. Every week, I talk to the people who are creating art and culture and spreading it to the universe.
1: As an artist, you always meet yourself. Every year, you're a different person. Essentially, we normalize a space where you can show up as your authentic
2: self. Check out Right Nowish rooted in california's bay area speaking to you
1: it's so many people of color so many queer people it's like i'm being celebrated in my fullness
2: available wherever you listen to podcasts
0: It feels like a community event. It doesn't feel like people are going on the prowl or on the hunt more wholesome than apps.
2: Do you feel safer than you were yeah. like alone at a bar, maybe on an app?
0: Definitely, and it feels like community. Even if you don't come to meet a guy, all the girls here, for example, are single, so you could bond over being a single gal, Yeah. <laughs> vice versa. I
2: like that, that's a good thought.
0: How's it going for you? it's pretty good it's definitely interesting this is my first time doing something like this so it's an experience what were the guys like they seemed nice probably not my match but they were nice <laughs> yeah Do you use dating apps um on and off i i sometimes find them a little bit exhausting and overwhelming i think i think a lot of us are are liking the like actual human one-on-one interaction versus online you don't you know it's sometimes hard to connect with someone versus In person you know I think a lot of us are craving for that where it's over digitized everything this is also so efficient like while i'm talking to these guys i'm like oh yeah this isn't it i'm so glad we only have a few minutes who's your who's your who's your match now brian he looks cute uh (laughs) it's the same reaction (laughs) bye Bye, thank you so
2: much
3: There's still that stigma of speed dating is for geeks. And it's really not. It's astounding how good looking and cool of a crowd we have. We have doctors, we have lawyers, we have a lot of obviously you know, industry people, psychologists and school counselors. So it just ranges. And the one thing that everybody again has in common is that they're just sick of the apps. And then we also do the LGBTQ. We had an LGBTQ plus event last week where we had 100% match rate. All 20 people that showed up walked home with a match of some sort or another, which is great. We're still technically in a pandemic, according to the Surgeon General, right? We are in a pandemic of loneliness. People are lonely. If I had known about this when I was single, if these things existed and I had been marketed to, if I even had like Instagram when I was single uh, and younger, um, and I'd seen I'd like, you know, thirty dollars to be able to come, and knowing that I'd have an 80% chance of walking home, as opposed to going to a bar. What a great thing that is.
0: Are young people having a harder time dating um, than previous generations from your experience?
1: There's a reason that they are calling this period the sex recession, because young people are having less sex. People are also waiting longer to partner, choosing not to get married. And ultimately, I think a lot of this is for the good. like I would rather that people take time to really get to know themselves before entering into a partnership so that they come to the table whole. But the part that's sort of tricky, I look at dating as a set of learned skills. And so if you are not working a muscle, you're not practicing a skill, it starts to atrophy. Or if it's a skill you never actually learned, then you can't expect yourself to naturally know how to do it. So when we're talking about the youngest generation of daters, many of them actually have never really dated offline and in the real world. And that transition point is very challenging, whether it's meeting people face-to-face and there's this stigma, there's this feeling that if if I approach someone in the real world, it's weird. And if I ask someone, for their number or, you know, I need to ask them for their Instagram and send them a DM just to make, it, make a plan to talk the next time. It, it can really complicate what ultimately should be something that is accessible to everyone, that human connection, because it's a drive that we all have and we all need. It's such a helpful perspective to look at dating as an exercise in self-discovery because otherwise it can become very overwhelming, very cumbersome, very discouraging, very disappointing. And we have to be willing to look at dating as a process to make sense of some of those experiences because you're going to have dating disappointments. Not everyone is going to live up to your expectations. Not every conversation or date that you have is going to end up being your person so rather than looking at those missed connections as a waste of time i like to look at them as data points and moments of discovery for singles
0: okay now of course we got to check out the gays too that's me (laughs) (laughs) so we're going to this men seeking men speed dating event in weho for those 21 to 45. So that's you, Brian.
2: Hey! So we are at the Belmont, and I got here on time at 7 p.m. when the event started. And I came to the bar and I met Alan. This is my first time attending one of these events. I just thought it'd be fun just to get out and meet people and see where it goes. We haven't gotten to meet anyone else, really. We're just mingling. What are your expectations for the night? You know, I don't really have any expectations. I think it's just a fun evening out. If I
0: meet some interesting people, great. If I meet a love connection, even better. But realistically, just
1: out to meet people.
0: My name's Andrew Ramirez, and I'm the founder of The Next Fun Thing, which hosts the speed dating events through Love in LA. It's a little bit different when we create the matches for any type of LGBTQIA plus event because it's not as binary. Like with hetero events, we want to pair a man with a woman. With more, of, when we're like getting into more of the LGBTQ community, there's just a lot more variety and a lot of options and you know gender identities and gender expressions. And so once they register for the event, we send them a survey, and in the survey they list you know the pronouns that they identify as the types of gender that they're looking for, just a bunch of different things, and it's a very curated, hands-on, matchmaking type of service. So, yeah, it's a lot more of a manual process, for sure.
2: what would you say to someone that's like, okay, I think I'm ready. I want to get out there. What are some, what's the pep top you give them?
1: <laughs> you got to start before you're ready, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we can make up a lot of excuses in our head. We can always find reasons to say no. We can always look for red flags and pink flags and beige flags and whatever color flags we want to see. But the reality is that this is one of our core human needs connection and community and you know even sexual desire these these are part of our core needs and we we have to be open to this exploration at some point in our lives so why not jump in and just experience it if you're coming from a perspective of this is all in pursuit of self discovery and I'm just going to have fun and be present in the experience, then you can't go wrong. You can't do it wrong if there's always learning and discovery that you can take from it.
0: Can I ask you really fast, like how's it going? Oh You're about halfway through?
2: Yeah. Um Halfway through, it's going pretty well, it's pretty fun. It's not that different from like a professional networking event. So it's actually easy to converse with people. Okay,
0: cool. Have you made any connections? Um, I think
2: so. Oh, okay. Have
0: fun.
3: It's honestly, it's, it's a really good opportunity to practice your elevator pitch. What are the things that you want somebody to know about you? What are the things that you feel represent you the most that will leave somebody thinking, yeah, I want to talk to that guy again. I think it's worth preparing for speed dating. Just like you would prepare for a job interview, you want to know, like, you don't want to go in there and just bumble and not have anything to say. You should know what questions you want to ask, and you should know what you want to tell about somebody. And it's that simple. But again, it needs to be real. Don't have it be fake whole idea is again it's about intention you're gonna buy a ticket right it's like a little microcosm of, of life here you have like you know basically nine months of dating or ten months of dating in an hour and a half how would you want your ten months of life to be you'd want it to be real and genuine and you know ideally meaningful so
0: What's your
1: best advice for a successful first date? People do put a lot of pressure on first dates that take away the fun. So I say, first of all, plan something that you would want to do regardless of whether that person is there or whether that person is attractive or exciting to you or not. So I love activity dates. It gives you something else to interact with or to comment on dinner dates or death. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on whether Cheesecake Factory or <laughs> McDonald's or any particular uh, places on the list of don't place, don't take the place, the list of places not to take a date are accurate or not. But um, I like to have an activity date. I also like for my clients to show up prepared. If you're meeting this person online, please reread their profile, make a list of curiosity questions, things you want to know more about. And then you want to keep that first meeting short and sweet. I say an hour to 90 minutes is enough. A lot of people are overstaying their welcome and they're they're getting to a place that they reveal things about themselves, that they develop a false sense of intimacy and i'm a big believer in slow love the true connection develops over time so if you've made a connection and you've left them wanting more and you're still curious at the end of the first date about them don't be afraid to let that that date be to be continued and leave some more discovery for the next time you see one another It's very easy to fall into the status quo of a relationship very quickly. And it just becomes effortless. But when you get to a place of effortlessness, sometimes that means that the relationship loses its momentum. So I remind people who have been dating for A while or who are coupled or partnered or married to continue to maintain that momentum and that enthusiasm. And it may come through communication. It might come through the element of surprise, which I talk about in my book. It might come through putting things on the calendar in the future that you can look forward to doing together. But know that you have to continue to create those moments of anticipation, because especially if you're cohabitating and you're mired in the challenges of daily life, we sometimes take for granted something that we worked so hard to find and to pursue and to court We take that for granted, and we need to take responsibility in our relationships for bringing that magic, that fun, that enthusiasm into the relationship, if not every day, at least on a regular basis.
0: Okay, Brian, now that we've both been through some speed dating, kinda, fake speed dating, What tips do you want to leave the listeners who are out there looking for love?
2: I felt like the people we spoke to and the environment we were in, a lot of people just brought themselves and it might've been corny. It might've been funny, but I think that's what the experience is all about. And a lot of people we talked to, they're like, yeah, I didn't find the match today, but they were so happy to be there because it seemed fun. And I think the best advice i think the best advice i want to give someone that is looking to speed date or just go on a date like and throw themselves out there is have fun like that was a moment of me that i realized it may not be that you're finding mr or miss or whoever you know the person may be but like the fun is what matters here and just honestly learning about yourself because as people talk to you you're learning about yourself and what you like bring to the table Meg, what were you so excited to like learn about this experiment?
0: I agree. Well, just about speed dating in general, I found at least these events we went to, to be very natural. You'd kind of expect it to seem forced, but it's just like people hanging at a bar do this anyway, but it was just a more organized way to do it. Um, and as far as tips, go out and use it as an opportunity to figure out like what you like and what you don't like. You have 7 minutes with each person so you can be like, "Oh, I didn't even think about that as a red flag, but now I realize it is." Or this person has qualities that I didn't have on my list of things I was looking for, but I realize that's actually really important to me. <laughs> so, I think if you look at it as like an exploration and not like, you know, getting your hopes up about meeting the right person, it, it'll it'll be a beneficial experience.
2: Alrighty, y'all. Happy Valentine's Day for those who celebrate, and thanks for being with us today. Thanks to relationship expert, Demona Hoffman. You can check out her show called The Dates and Mates Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks to Love in LA for letting us crash in some other speed dating events. And thank you to producer Megan Botel for taking me on that interesting journey. This episode is a part of a series on the loneliness epidemic produced and reported by Megan Botel. Next week, we hear about the bonding power of music and how some independent artists are finding community here in our city. The How to team includes Erica Washington, Victoria Alejandro, Evan Jacoby, and Monica Bushman. This episode was engineered by Donald Paz. Alrighty folks, catch you all tomorrow and hopefully you find some love this week. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live.
1: The L.A.S. Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism.